promise you. Yeah. Sing oh, it. Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. She's a man eater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in this episode, we're going to do our 10 questions for the cell. But Stephanie's the question keeper. Question one. (laughs) What problematic slash toxic stereotypes are used, if any? How do they impact the story? Hmm. Um, One of the main characters is a black lady. We didn't talk about her at all in the synopsis. Just... <laughs> she was black, British, and a scientist, and we didn't even mention her by name. That's how problematic this movie was. I don't know if she had they a name. Literally, she literally gets like six lines in the entire movie, and all of them are providing like plot information for the other characters. And like, she has one scene where she's like, no, Catherine, don't do it. And another where she's like, Catherine, have you been having nightmares? I think a toxic stereotype used in this movie was that um, people with schizophrenia are serial killers and or in comas, I guess. I don't know. Again, I think that this movie like turns the thing on its head, but then it turns it over again and again and again. And so it's just like, it's a toxic stereotype that like we should have sympathy for the white man who murders women. But we are forced to go in depth into like the idea of that. But should we? Like, (laughs) but should should we? I don't want to have sympathy for this person. I just want them to die. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of a toxic stereotype. Um, I feel like the toxic stereotype of like the bohemian uh, liberal pot smoking Jennifer Lopez and her thong is kind of weird. Yeah. And um, I want to say like, oh, Carl Stargroom looks like a fucking weirdo with a wig on, but it's not a stereotype. <laughs> it's true. So, <laughs> Carly, that's not a stereotype. That was a bad wig. That was a really bad wig. <laughs> It was so bad. So bad. But uh, the um, the head of the clinic being like a white man. I haven't done this for seven years. Yeah. That also, I don't know. It's again, this is like watching an MTV music video where like, it can't be that toxic because it doesn't affect me that much. Like <laughs> it has no impact. It's just visual. Yeah. Like thinking about any of the characters, I'm like, they weren't toxic because I don't feel like they mattered. Who fucking cares? I'm not going to say toxic male stereotype. The dad who beats his son because it's not toxic. It's true. And we need to talk about it more. Question two. How does the cishet white male gaze affect the storytelling? Are any other perspectives you support the storytelling? I, I saw a bunch of JLo's ass in this movie which was not needed I appreciated it but it wasn't needed I agree they literally had her lean over in the fridge with her ass up so that we could see all of it 
Yeah, I agree. But there's also, you could also make the point that her almost nudity was less almost nudity than Vincent D'Onofrio's almost nudity because he nowhere clothes for parts of this movie and um yeah i would say that the only part of this movie that was affected by the male gaze was that like hey you want some milk like that that whole scene the rest of it was not really yeah except for like the serial killer male gaze like which was not the director's gaze you know what i mean yeah i actually do feel that this movie was pretty objectively filmed. I don't I don't think that you know, like Jennifer Lopez is Jennifer Lopez, but she's got titties and an ass and like French manicure, whatever. But I do I do agree in that I don't feel like with the um like the victims of the serial killer, it didn't seem like they were doing it in a way like other films were where they'd be like they're naked so let's look at their entire nude bodies like that didn't really happen so much in this movie it was always like yeah, it was it was very in such a way that you couldn't really see anything and my own skin is crawling because i actually don't have like a heap of problem with this movie because it was yeah. very like actually aside from you know giant channel i just insured her ass for ten thousand dollars she's like, let me show it off whatever please yes sure whatever like, but that was for everybody. I don't think that was, like, sexualized this character because she wasn't yeah. further sexualized. Like, she was just yeah. like, you want to see her in her underwear? And everyone was like, yeah. Like They didn't even, like, go, like, the route where I thought it was going to go, where they, I thought they were, I was like, they're going to make uh, Vince Vaughn and her hook up. And they don't do it. Nope. Which is... It was kind of surprising because that's where I thought it would have gone if they were going real male gaze with it. Yeah, it was yeah. very actually iconic that they yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. Like, nobody had a love interest. It was just kind of like solving crimes, yeah. being vaguely horny for whatever reason. I actually... I actually didn't have a lot of problem with it. <laughs> I, I can't really think of anything anything other than the fact that it is again a white man serial killing white ladies and (laughs) male gays but like if you get off on that shit you need to talk to a counselor right now yeah you are the people that we are talking about who need to go (laughs) some some mental health care right now but i really don't think that anybody was represented in like a negative way no or sexualized go to the next question before (laughs) i have a heart attack (laughs) How many times does the film commit the sin of making women suffer needlessly on screen, physically and or emotionally, as character development or to showcase their strength? I would say the only person who suffered to... The person who suffered needlessly was Julia Hickson, because... Yes. Catherine actually suffered, but, like, she gained knowledge from it. It wasn't, like, needless. It was because she was the... And I also... I also would argue that Catherine didn't suffer at all because she knew that it wasn't real until that one instance where he kind of switched her brain off. She knew that he couldn't hurt her. Right. Yeah. Like I I agree. 
So, I, I mean, I feel like she was made to suffer in that she had to go experience that. I mean, she was but... made to suffer in that her coworkers kind of talked about her in a negative way. Like, she wasn't very, like, experienced, but every yeah. day. But then she, like, shone through with great, like, amazing, compassionate colors. Like, I'm trying to think of something, and I can't. Yeah, I can only think about Julia. Like, of course she suffered. Need but at the end of the movie, you can tell that that woman is going to fucking suffer for the rest of her life. It wasn't even character development. Yeah. It actually really showed, like, how being traumatized affects somebody. Yeah. She was essentially, like, the serial killer fodder in the movie. Like, she wasn't a character so much as she was, like, a representation of his horrificness. But you do see her enough that you, yeah. especially like when Vince Vaughn like holds her and she's like, don't touch me. Like yeah. you can tell she's got a hard road ahead. The only thing I'm going to say yeah. is that Catherine's character goes through this traumatic, terrible experience and then comes through like, I have perfected the transmodular mind therapy. Yeah. And that's like, I don't think that after murdering somebody in your own head that way you would want to do it again unless you were like yeah. an altruistic person which I and you also like we both are like that so it's like I get it but like maybe she did suffer like a little bit for character development yeah. but like no more than a man but I, no more than a man would have yeah I, I don't think she was she wasn't like tortured she didn't go through like torture like characters in a bunch of the movies we've talked about have yeah she she had to see things that were kind of horrible but they weren't happening this is actually iconic because she got to watch a dude get tortured and she had to go through shit that shit was awesome yeah (laughs) she watched Vince Vaughn get tortured and she just sat there and smiled good for you smiled yes finally (laughs) What empathetic illustrations of otherness are used in this film? Mental illness, people of color, LGBTQ, etc. What emp- unempathetic illustrations are there? Well, so there was this whole thing about schizophrenia and um, using that in part as a reasoning behind his murders. And I don't think that was very cool. That was villainizing uh, mental illness. And it does very much villainize mental illness, but it does tenderize mental illness. I don't know how to say it. This is, again, as I said, like the, the whole question this movie brings up, it doesn't take your mind in either direction, in my opinion. Um, because you do interact with the child who doesn't want anything bad to happen. And then you interact with the person who has experienced the trauma. And then you yeah. interact with the person who has become god in order to and it's actually one of the more empathetic not that it's correct there's a difference between being empathetic and being correct but it is one of the more empathetic like illustrations of mental illness that i've seen where it's like it's not it's not good and evil all the time like it's not always cut and dry and i like this about this movie and you know, people can come at me and be like, oh, it glorifies. Like, Bleh. and it's like, well, it is included. It is, it is literally inside of the PR package. 
not dumb. Yeah. Like it actually shows like a person's inner child suffering. Like, yeah. So it actually, I think, God damn it. I hate it. <laughs> no, I hate saying this, but it, it actually asks a lot of very good questions. Yeah. I feel like it could have asked them a little better. Yeah, a little less because it shitty. Was asking, it was asking them in 2000, which was 21 years ago. Um, But it was interesting that a film asked those questions. Yeah. And, and again, like what I said before, like the question that it asks, it actually does walk that very thin line. Yeah. So at some points in the movie, you're like, oh, 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 what? Like, but the thin line is like, can we have, you know, empathy or sympathy for people who do these terrible things because we know why? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't there be some kind of intervention available? Yeah, to those people before they become god vincent d'onofrio yeah and i don't know i really like this movie because it made me think a lot like there's a lot of depth yeah even if it's only you know you can compress this movie to fucking 30 minutes i swear to god it's like the longest make it the longest music video you've ever seen it's 30 (laughs) minutes long but like there are a lot of questions but yeah i think there was a lot of empathy in this film yeah Especially since the main character, I don't think it was because of, like, gender or race. I think it was literally her just being, like, I'm a child psychologist and, like, I wish that I could have been there to stop this from happening. And it it was never an issue of, like, he doesn't deserve to be persecuted for his crimes or prosecuted or whatever. It was just... This is one of those films that makes you understand, like, Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, sometimes crimes like this come from a place of pain or dissonance or just like the things that have been done to you and feeling like so different from everybody else that like you can't ask any questions about it. You can't talk to anybody about it. Like you've just been abused to the point that you just start hurting other people. Yeah, and it's a cycle that we need to break, and I that it starts a very good conversation. It doesn't really do it like eloquently most of the time, but <laughs> it it tried. I mean, it started a conversation at the very least. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it twenty one years later. Like, can you please stop reminding me that I'm not twenty one anymore, Carly? Shut up. You're not 21. Would this movie have been negated entirely if a man had had not made a situation that took place at the beginning of the film, directly before the film, all about himself and his dick sensations? Yep. Carl Starger, no murder? Movie, no happen. That's what I said. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. If if he wasn't trying to, like, jerk off on, on anybody's corpse, this movie wouldn't have happened. Does this film passively demonize minorities slash others? I think I, I think with what we answered before, we couldn't say yes. 
There's no way we could say, yes, it demonizes people with mental illness if we're also saying that it was a good... I don't know. I feel like we can't say that it... Especially if the kid, uh, Edward, was meant to also have schizophrenia and he was a little angel and didn't do anything to anybody. Like... Your father's a billionaire. He did some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. No, uh, the only thing I think of is like the passivity of the black character. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't even like actively ignoring. It was just like, we're focusing on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these characters, if any of these characters have been black or brown, like it would be a different conversation, but it was just kind of like, I think the focus more on on this particular one was the, like the mental illness thing. Yeah. And the MTV videos thing. Are there any themes, scenes, concepts that apply directly to your own life, inspired empathy, do not seem realistic based on your own experience and understanding? Well, I like the, I like the art in it because it, <laughs> it was very surrealist and it reminded me of art class and like, learning about all of these surreal painters most of whom were men but and using like men who killed themselves yeah and using this kind of like imagery in a way that was um i don't know it helped uh humanize a man who in the beginning of the movie we saw as like this horrific person because you know the first five minutes is vincent d'onofrio like bleach bath a woman and then I feel that I just drink off it. on her yeah <laughs> you noticed by the FDI, FBI I just said FBI, <laughs> FBI! hooray FBI the federal dog incorporation yay yay uh, no, I totally agree <laughs> yeah um, I feel like that kind of like art is so universal and we all kind of understand a lot of art inherently in our bones that we kind of seeing the art in the dream sequences helped us understand this character who is supposed to be bad and see like the little good things about him. I was just going to say like having a mental illness that people who know about, you know, I'm very open with my diagnosis, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But people will openly villainize or like demonize me because of it. I don't know. It kind of speaks to me. Like it makes you feel a lot of fucking empathy. Like, I could see that. Yeah. Or it's like you really needed help, but everybody was telling you you were bad, so you didn't get any help, and you just got a white German Shepherd, and you started murdering ladies in the street. <laughs> Tie your dog to help you murder ladies. I'm not going to do that, but I'm just saying. Like, I don't. Am I Carl Starter? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Anyway, I, I next would, question. I I would tell you. Uh, yeah, you're rejecting me because I'm not as hot as him. I mean, have have you seen Vincent D'Onofrio though? Like, sorry. <laughs> uh, <is there> any <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Vincent D'Onofrio though? Sorry. Uh, really? Yes, I have, and I'm also sorry. 
<laughs> no. Continue. Wait for me. I hate you. You mean you bitch. We can't all compete with Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, sometimes I can, because I'm the size of a fucking refrigerator, too. I can't hide next to somebody's car. Is there any symbolism that stood out to you? Why? I like the circle that turned into a straight line. <laughs> what do you think that symbolized? plot point in the film that barely mattered. <laughs> but what did it symbolize? Uh, circle. Coming in line. I liked um also the woman becoming super alleged with the mm-hmm. color on her because it represented how she wanted to fuck his albino dog. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing in this I, movie I mattered. Know. Like it, Slim Jim suit. I don't know. I like Vincent Vaughn's hair because it made me think of ramen noodle. Except with soy sauce, dark. I don't know. There's no symbolism in this movie. Like, it's stupid. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful imagery, but it doesn't seem to symbolize anything, There's not a lot of depth. Yeah, like, the cool faceplate thing, like, it didn't mean anything. It just made you want to fuck her in the mouth. Oh, was that just me? Correct. Oh, okay, cool. Correct. Correct. Woo! All right. Like, I don't need to objectify Jennifer Lopez, but there was a lot of symbolism oh, actually oh. in this film. Actually, there really was. Oh. I thought of a symbolism. Thought of symbolism. Okay. So you know how his dog was an albino. What dog? His dog was an albino. I thought it was dog. just white. It was supposed to be an albino. <laughs> no, no. Also, he bleached all of the bodies so that they were also all. He wanted everything to be clean. White. Like a doll. He wanted everything to be sterile. Yes. But that doesn't connect at all to the water theme. That doesn't really. It really doesn't. So, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting thread. But it doesn't go anywhere. Maybe it goes to like the whole shoving a child's face into it and adult woman's crotch thing where it's like I want everything to be sterile and bleached and he's not like, wow. sexual. He's like that was yeah. But if it's not but sexual because then why is he jerking off above him? Because of the water. Like the being suspended thing and feeling like you're in water and it makes you come. I don't know. <laughs> People are complex. But yes, there's a lot of symbolism in there actually. Yeah. Like the colors. But it- the colors, the, the textures, the, the thing, but it's all lost because there's no like pivot point. Like there's no place yeah. to look and go, this means something. It's just a bunch of stuff. And you're like, I I don't want to understand Carl Sarger as much as I'm gonna fuck him <laughs> out of his psychosis. Um who said that? It wasn't me. There must be a ghost in your house. <laughs> mm. <laughs> It's a horny ghost. <laughs> it's me, the horny ghost. Number nine. Who is the most woke character in the film? It's obviously J-Lo. Valentine. <laughs> it's Valentine. Because he loved his friend, even though he was complicated. He licks where he's supposed to lick. No judgment. 
<laughs> but for real, it was J-Lo. Dude, even though they portrayed her as, like, woke, she actually was woke. Yeah. She argued on behalf of her patients. She yeah. did not argue on behalf of herself. She, her character, Catherine, was actually, like, such a good character. Yeah. And all the tenets of, like, a therapist, like, all of the things you need to be a good therapist, of being genuine and empathetic and other things I don't remember from therapy school. <laughs> all those things. She did all the she nice, was- good, the good people thing, including wear thong people. and put it in a movie so we can't see her butt cheek. No, I actually, I, I was thinking about this earlier today and I was like, I actually do think Catherine's the most woke, even though she doesn't know how to roll a joint and she watches weird TV and she gives her yeah. cat milk that will give it diarrhea. Like Her poor she, cat is going to be shitting its brains out. Here is why she's the most woke character in this film. She came out of the last dream with Carl and she sobbed. Yeah. Because she felt love for a person who deserved the genuinely awful. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. And she took that love, and she was like, "I'm not going to let it make me smaller. I'm going to go forward, knowing that I can do better by people with this." Yeah. So yes, Jennifer Lopez, Catherine. Thank you for your. Booty, booty, butt cheeks, and also your wokeness. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, thank you for your service. Thank you like, for your service to my masturbatory fantasies. Question 10. Do you feel that this film is drastically changed slash invalidated by viewing it from a feminist perspective? I don't. I don't either. I, I feel like this movie was... I. I don't have problems. Yeah, like I feel like this is the most feminist film we've watched. <laughs> In that we didn't it like It was too it was too like obsessed with itself to think about feminism. You know what I mean? <laughs> or to like think about the opposite. Yeah. Like it wasn't like Let's be misogynistic. They were like, we are, we have many things to do in this film. We don't have time. Character <laughs> development, what is that? We just need Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> murdering women, but we feel bad for him about it. Whoa! And that's the thing that I keep telling people, it really toes the line. It doesn't go to one side or the other. It just is what it is. It's objective. Because if it had gone to one other side, I would have been like, this is really way too pandering. And if it had gone to the other side, I would have been like, this is yeah. way too misogynist. But it really is just objective. And there's one character in the film yeah. who is like, I feel for this person. I really do. And then everybody else is like, they're a murderer. Fuck them. And she's like, I don't disagree. <laughs> like, it's just the only yeah. problem I have is that it had to be Jennifer Lopez. What if it had been like a white man? What if it had been Vince Vaughn that had to cry about him? But like, even that wouldn't have changed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they didn't even write her like super like, they put in that one scene with her and her fucking phone, but it's like, that's why we showed up anyway. So, all right, we ready for the audacity scale? Yes. Please tell our audience about the scale that they already know about. All 20 of them. So, it's a one to five. 
Next week, it will 1,000% be a 1 to 10, by the way. Because okay. um, I, I need more nuance. But on the 1 to 5, it's like 1 being like, I'm just going to lay back and relax because I know that all of you uh, dick-having motherfuckers who made this movie are actually thinking about the women's. So that's fine. And a 5 is going to be, hey, we still exist. I'm your mom. I'm going to beat the shit out of you later for making this movie. That's the audacity scale. It's a wonderful. I'm your mom. I'm going to give it a, a one. I'm going to give it a 1.5. That's the lowest I've ever given a movie. Damn, that's why the a, lowest I've ever given a movie. Why, why a 0.5? Why? Because it could have been a little bit more focused. It could have. It could have. This is why we need the 1 to 10 scale. All right. So good job, us. Yeah, I feel like this is probably our best episode yet. I feel like it's on par with the Sentinel because it's very intelligent and focused. Um, and only a little horny. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Fucking man eater. It's the best podcast. It's the end of this episode.